Hey, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Back to Business, your favorite podcast to listen to about business insights, digital marketing trends, personal experiences, and tips and tricks. Today's topic, we'll be talking about how we can turn hobbies into pants or full-time jobs amidst the pandemic. So let's dissect this topic one by one. What's the difference between an interest and a hobby? Guys, do you have any idea what's the difference between an interest and a hobby? You're not obsessed with an interest, but you're obsessed with a hobby. You're right. Okay. Maybe interest is, is more mm-hmm. towards you attracted to a topic, a subject, but you're not actually going into learning them, going to doing them. But hobby is more like you're doing them. So your interest may be watching movies, reviewing movies, but your hobby may be filming or be doing movie or be doing photography. So that's maybe different in that term. Lah. It's a matter of terms. Interest and hobby for me lah. Pretty on point. <laughs> what do you think, Saren? I think I would go with Akmal's theory that I think we have many interests, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We will search up um, topics. For instance, I like Manchester United, although <laughs> things are not going so well for us now. But you just keep on reading stuff about them. You know, you want to know which players coming in, which players going out, and stuff yep. like that. But it doesn't. It's not that you're going to play for them, mm. right? It's never yep. going to happen. But that's an interest, right? So in terms of hobbies, it would be like something like maybe you have a hobby in football and you are actually going and playing for a local team or something like that. That's an hobby. Physically doing it. Yeah, for me, my interest would be watching cooking shows, MasterChef, all the TLC. Oh, wow. Yeah, really. Nah, nah, really. Oh, wow, I really like watching surprises. Those. <laughs> <laughs> I really like watching people cooking. I really like watching my aunties, uncles, because they're chefs. I will stay in the kitchen mm-hmm. watching them cooking. But I myself doesn't like go join them cooking. Get what I mean? Yeah. So my hobby is not cooking. But just, just, you just like to observe the way the knife yeah. just goes. Shah, 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 shah. <laughs> ASMR. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so, yeah. I like eating lah. <laughs> But have you tried it? Have you tried cooking though, Akmal? Yeah, I mean, I have to because I've lived in Melbourne for three years. So you've got to cook for yourself there. You have to survive. But it's not a hobby. So it's a matter of surviving <laughs> there. So you have to cook because so you, you have to eat, right? I feel like if it were a hobby, I would like search up cookbook or learn mm-hmm. new recipe every day or every week, something like that. But no, I just like cooking for to survive to eat. Lah. Okay, I mean, so what's your interest and your hobbies? Yeah. Everyone else has, you know, talked about their interests and hobbies. What about you? I mean, interest-wise, I, I don't want to narrow it down. There's a lot of interest. But I could start a student of life. <laughs> I bet, you know, lifelong learner. I think I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree to that because as Akbar said, I like also watching cooking videos. At the same time, I like watching woodcraft, people making stuff. Even sometimes, you know, there's like construction videos. You just sit on this watch like, wow, so nice to see a building being built. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> physically, maybe you will never build a building, right? But <laughs> it's yeah. just nice to watch all this stuff and is information is interesting especially the internet age with youtube and right it's like you want to know about a lot of things but hobbies yeah i think you can always narrow it down to physically seeing what you actually do yeah so let's narrow it down to what you like to do during your free time technical stuff yeah i learn about programming but yeah but i also do cook well, what can you cook i used to run a restaurant so i had to like learn it try to figure out new recipes with the chefs and stuff like that so it was more of the time um like akmal no? playing around with the chefs you know coming up with uh, new recipes new menu items for the restaurant so it was kind of like an experience that i like but i wouldn't say i'm a avid uh, cook 
not so professional lah. What kind of restaurant did you run previously? We ran a cafe comfort food kind of setup. Oh, okay. Pastas, some local food, and then uh, all your usual steaks and stuff like that. So Akmal, what's your so, hobby? What do you like to do? I have a hobby. <laughs> Once, that there's a phase of my life where I do illustrations every day. So I put myself in a zone where, or in a strict uh, routine, where I have to illustrate every day. This was during my three years at RMIT. So much I'm... It's not even an assignment for the uni or assignment for the classes or courses. It's just me loving doing it, illustrate every day and posting on Instagram. So for me, that's a hobby lah because you're actually doing it. You're actually learning it from other people, from my friends, from my classmates, how to illustrate better and all of that stuff. Kan? But I find it more difficult to do that now. Because you have a commitment. Because I have the commitment, I have less time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all wish we go back to teenage life. Yeah. So where can people find you on Instagram so they can look at your art? Okay, people can find me on Instagram. Just search for kemal.space. That's K-M-A-L dot space. S-P-A-C-E. Okay, done promoting. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're left with Ami. So what do you like to do during your free time? Isn't this what? like the same question? Yeah, but like you didn't get through it. You were like drinking and then it was a pause and we changed into a new subject. Okay, it's like I used to have a bunch of hobbies uh, when I was younger. Wow. Like I, I used to collect action figures. I have a, I had a whole shelf. Uh, now everything's in a box. But that's not uh, a hobby. Is it a hobby? No, it is a hobby. I would buy a bunch every month. Like I had a, a lot. Then you play with uh, it? No, you transform it and then you just display it. Uh. It's more collectible. Oh. Like I'm just trying to imagine yeah. him playing with action figures. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not like, like that. Um, my my assortment of toys is uh, mainly okay Transformers. So it's like a puzzle. Technically, it's a puzzle lah. Eh? Let's not call it a toy. Eh? Mm. <laughs> and then Legos. So if you imagine me playing with them, it's more like like hmm, so sophisticated. Yeah, I used to play Lego when I was younger. It's a evergreen toy. Yeah, it's it was was very mind-boggling at times. Like like how the heck you build this? And then like figuring, looking at the manuals and trying to like fix pieces together. So I guess mm-hmm. it's like every urban kid's toy Legos. Yeah, they're getting really expensive now. It's because of the oil prices. But yeah, as you grow older, I mean not for all, not for everyone. Ah, but for me, like kind of stop doing those things. Can't really pinpoint why. But so now uh, you just, if, you, if you would like live with me, for instance, you would see either I'm doing work or watching random videos. Okay, like Saren, he would have an assortment of um, beneficial videos, you know, you can learn from. My videos is more like, yeah, they're knowledgeable, but why would anyone want to know that? Why would like you want what? to know statistics of how many people die every year falling down the stairs, for instance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like trying a conversation? It's random, uh, but trying to, trying to grow out of it. You're planning like push down people on to the, uh, when they're walking down the <laughs> stairs or something. Right. But it's, it's, it's a good knowledge, right? I mean, then you have mm-hmm. some sort of converse, conversation starters to talk about. Hey, did you know like how many people fell yesterday? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, What's the topic actually today? <laughs> How to monetize oh. your hobbies yeah. uh, during yeah. the pandemic. So that leads us to our next question. Since we've mentioned what our hobbies are, how do you plan on making profit out of it? Let's start with Saren. How are you planning on making money out of programming? I mean, we can we can say that if the case that I think uh, the company stop or something like yeah, yeah, that's probably like, like I if I I'm not a good programmer or what yet, but. See the thing is that I dabble as I dabble in a lot of things. 
so before programming i was dabbling into like motion arts motion motion graphics and stuff right and that led to like starting this whole business and then with the knowledge of social media i was very uh, fascinated with social media from the start and then that led me to start this agency and stuff like that so my take on hobbies is turning them into businesses which is slightly more different than the freelance route mm-hmm. um so i think this topic today is more focused on the freelance part so i could mm-hmm. just give my advice on if you were to become a freelancer how would you want to find an income because okay. the business side is slightly different it's more of like you need business is bunch of people right but if yeah. it's all about you they're making side income then that's a freelance route it's not a business anymore mm. all right so in that angle if i were to be a good programmer i guess just get yourself on instagram the first thing you need to do get yourself on instagram post daily um, take pictures there's a lot of bunch of programmers are doing that out there and uh, i think i shared a couple with the the team you know mm-hmm. showing some programmers and stuff like how they do the social media and stuff right it's pretty interesting that a lot of them are getting jobs through uh, social media a lot of companies are reaching out to them because uh, when you show social proof like hey, this person knows his stuff and uh, is posting a lot of good tutorials talking a lot about the industry um you know doing some tips and tricks on instagram so that attracts like how we attract leads mm-hmm. for the clients or whatever we do it's the same formula same thing so on a personal level you got to do it with a lot of commitment whatever you do even if it's a hobby when you want to start making money with it it's not a hobby anymore it's yeah. literally something that you need to put your heart and soul to every single day day in day out but do you agree that it makes it easier because it start up as something that you are interested in. It definitely would. It yeah. definitely would to do with something like you like like if you like to make cakes, I guess you can look at uh, baking cakes. So eventually it turns into a chore when the level of volume and comfort zone gets shifted. It starts to like put pressure on you. Demands is there. You have to meet the demands or you spoil your reputation and a lot of things starts to creep up. If you can manage that, then it's going to be a successful route for you because it's it's definitely something you like to do right so i have seen a lot of freelancers that excellent at what they do but they mm-hmm. don't tend to be good freelancers because they don't really understand the business side of things or the freelance side of things like you know when people pay you money there's some sort of expectations of professionalism and deliverability and what not so if it's a hobby you don't have any deadlines for example but if it's a business your client is not going to be happy that uh, you're taking your sweet time to bake his cake when his birthday is like today and you're just like well oh, i just started on the cake i just waiting to get into the mood to bake the cake so i'm, I'm just making yeah. it today and we'll see how it goes and probably birthday is over and then you done with your cake what's, what's the point right so that's mm. the thing if it's a hobby of baking cakes you have to really see whether you can really do this like day in day out most of the times our, our hobbies are like on the on the surface we're really not yeah. sure whether we like it or not we just it's 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 a fine line between an interest or a, a hobby that you're not so passionate about but you just do it so i think you need to find what you're really passionate about before mm. turning that hobby into a business mm. otherwise you're going to get get lost this my thoughts what do you think I think I do agree. So Akmal, do you have any thoughts on Saren's thoughts? Yeah, I feel like what Saren has said already can apply to everything. So what Saren is focusing on is him being a programmer, like being in the creative mm-hmm. field. But what if I have another side of it, which can you turn your interest into a hobby? Because something has happened that motivates you to go towards that. 
you get what I mean? Like, like I said, my interest is watching people cook, watching uh, cooking TV shows. But what if the current situation forced me to turn my interest to something that I have to do to turn it into a business for me to survive? For example, so my interest mango. Is yeah. So my example is uh, watching people cook. But I don't have this motivation or some, someone to push me towards doing, actually doing that. So, but because of the situation, for example, the COVID, I have, I have got nothing else to do. Uh, I've got no job offers, for example. So I try that. So I try cooking for business, like for business mindset instead of just cooking for myself. So uh, for, for listeners out there, if you have an interest and you find that you thought that you're not good at it, but you have to do that since the situation forced you to, Maybe you, you will unlock a new skill that you're surprised about yourself. Kind. Macam, I didn't know I can cook this well and people like take people buy people would pay for it. So if you were if I were to go to a different angle aside from the creative side, because I know that I love to illustrate, I love to animate as well. That's my hobby. So what if I go to the other route, cooking to the uh, to the other side of the field? It's worth trying because how do you say this? Because you know that you have interest in it. And you are forced to try it, something like that lah. I think that that's my my point lah. So I I want to go towards a different angle. How can you turn your interest into a hobby that can turn into a business? Certainly, like any other aspects of making money, mm-hmm. if you're forced to do something, I actually think that's a good angle to look into. Mm-hmm. Not all hobbies are good money makers, right? You if you're really going to you know, in a desperate mode, uh, I don't I'm not like to say desperate. I mean when times are pressuring you. And yep, ends me. Sorry. Even in such situation you're you're facing, you got to do what's going to make money first. Besides the contrary belief that oh, live your dream, do your what you, what your hobby is. If my dream is like the collecting Pokemon cards, yes, there's some some value to it, but it's not going to feed my family if, if I have to have only like five or six Pokemon cards, right? Then oh, that's yeah. a really good hobby, and you can't afford one. It, it, the trade is small here. It's not like in the US where your baseball cards are like very very expensive, and you can trade and make money out of it, right? But mm-hmm. in Malaysia and all that, it's it's not going to be a feasible thing. So how do you actually find something to do? As you said, look at the market, look at Instagram, what people are selling in the market first thing first. Yep. What's popular? Uh, food is good. It's hmm. uh, much uh, less barrier to entry. No, I do. It's a lot uh, of tutorials on on YouTube. You can go and figure out how to cook something, how to bake something quickly. All right, and then you could easily turn that into a small profitable gig for you. Becoming a Grab driver is another gig that you can get into making money. But of course, that's not something that you own. You are doing it. It's more of like a job, part-time job. Yeah. So this whole term of gig economy, are you guys familiar with it? Yes. It's, it's more of like on-demand jobs. I wouldn't coil freelancers into geek in the sense that it's not like a, I will just do it for a few days and then I will stop it. But mm-hmm. if you are looking into like food and service, it's essentially building a business. So it's not something that you should go into with a mindset of like, I'm just going to do it for now just to make the money. But if you get into it, you just got to change your perception that this is the way I am going to make money. So therefore, I'm going to put my heart and soul to it and do it well. So if that approach is added into any of those interests that you have, I'm sure you can succeed. At least make a decent living for yourself. Yeah. yeah, depends on the times and the marketing skills and whatnot. There's a lot of things that we need to look into. Maybe we can dive into that if you are like a freelancer towards the another section of this podcast where we can talk about some yeah. tips and tricks. Um, since we are the marketing guys, we can we can share something. But I think definitely pick up a an interest that you really like and then turn that into a business. 
rather than looking at your hobbies instead. Yeah. I wouldn't want to to really focus towards your hobbies, turning that into a uh, income, but rather mm-hmm. your interest and also matching that with the market, what makes money. So, Ami, any thoughts that you want to give it to our listeners? Yeah, okay, like Saren said, not all hobbies are profitable. And to answer your question too much, you can talk about hobby. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to speak from uh, my own perspective because I, I know, that's why I know. Like back then, like in college, me and my friends, you would do like, that, that was that festival craze, remember? Like speaking of gig, gig opportunities. So we would do small events, but they were not profitable. Like if I think about it, If we knew digital marketing like how we do now, we probably could have made more money rather than just a um, couple hundred bucks per event per person or like. Paling banyak pun, this one time it was 2,000. But that was just like one time. I wouldn't want to do it again. You would really have to, it cannot just be like a hobby. Uh. That's what I feel. You have to, much like Sarian said, be passionate about it like every single day. Then you might have a chance at monetizing it properly. If not, you just stick at that freelancer level. Like even with my toy collection, the way the community made money pun, for instance, you would have one guy who would, people would pay him to customize their models at an extra finish or whatnot. Or you, you can even like trade. I would trade my my figures with like, other people's. Like sometimes mine is like uh, cheaper, but they don't mind because they need that one. I believe that if you want to monetize it, you cannot take it as a hobby like only. You would have to know other areas or mm. things. If I knew about digital marketing, like, if I knew about digital marketing or like what uh, funnels were back then, and I could combine that with my hobbies, and then probably would have made some decent more money. Otherwise, yeah. So, Akmal, any thoughts? I feel like you have something to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> So, 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 I may, so, I may share, so I may share his personal experience, like actually going into a passionate business. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of have like a passion for the event gig stuff. Kan? So I have as well. So like I said, my hobby before was like illustrating every day, drawing stuff. So actually, I tried to turn that like a, into a profitable thing. For all the listeners out there, I'm holding like an illustration book that I did four years back. And I, I tried to sell it. Uh, this one, this copies sold for like 50 copies. It will Ooh. be available on Instagram, Herbert's just... Instagram soon. <laughs> <Or sale. laughs> yes. It's at we at her, uh, we are Herbet. It's W-E-A-R-E-H-E-R-B-E-T. We'll on put Instagram. a link to get this wonderful book. The, the, the visual so tell us more the about theme. this book. Yeah, so it's just an illustration. Mm-hmm. And uh, like short stories, poems and stuff like that. Because I was doing it for fun, for hobby. And then my friend saw it and said, Why, why don't you put all this in a book? Because they share the same style and everything, right? So I did, and people bought it. Uh, like for, I think it's 50. It, it reached like 250 copies. And also the next, the, the, the next year, the, the coming years, the second one. So this is more like finished, like more, what do you call it, polished. Like because it's a, a proper book. So the first one is just A4 paper that I folded into half and then sep- separated myself. So the second one. What is it I, called? The, the first one, one is called Ink. Ink one. What is it Ink. about? It's just short stories, like yeah. uh, illustrations. So it's not it's not like a whole. It's not a, it's not a well thought out book. It's more of just like a compilation mm-hmm. of my work. But the second one, I brought in some friends 
and family to write a proper story and I do the illustrations for them. It's a proper story. Lah. It's a more wordy, more text, more paragraphs. Okay, my, my logic is, and what I learned from my experience doing this, like I may share his experience and what he, he learned as well. What I learned is not all people will buy this. If I were to turn it into a business, into a profitable business during the COVID pandemic, for example, because not people want to read stuff, not people are interested in illustration books or storybooks. That's why some people, some families, some opt to go for the more guaranteed business like food because all people need food, right? Like uh, what, what else? What business that people need anyway? So it's a, services. It's a kind of services, something like that. So people need that. So that's my key points or my experience learned where you have to look into your hobbies or interests that can make money and also that can attract more people. You can't just go straight to your hobby without doing any research, not doing any research about the market, about the audience. So you have to look into that as well. So that's what I learned from my experience. Yes, what happens if someone out there who does not have a particular interest or a particular hobby, how can they be invested in finding avenues on how they can do a side income because they might also be interested in doing a side income but yeah, at, they don't yeah. have any particular interests what would your advice be for them dabble in a lot of things get your hands dirty on many things that's the best way to find out whether you really would spend time to do this or not so the first step would be get on instagram look at what are people are selling out there whether it's art you know uh, handmade artisan goods or jewelry or food anything you know some people even make handmade soaps and that's another another thing that can be turned into a business although it looks a bit like more hobby but actually people buy handmade soaps it's consumable so anything that is consumable and uh, a service that you can also provide in the other sense like uh, tailoring services or if you are a, a fashionista you could help style up people and stuff like that so you can turn into a lot of things so look at what people are already doing out there because mm. pre- pretty much everybody's covered a lot of things everybody's like already doing yes. a lot of things right so you don't have to reinvent the wheel just go and look at what people are doing and see if it interests you it's like hey i would like to do that too and it's like you'll definitely see some more one or two things that you would be uh, hey i wish i could do that when you have that thought then start going on onto youtube and start searching all the tutorials you can find about this and then you binge watch it again and again and again until it just gets into your mind into your system and you like you feel okay this is something that is really really uh you know that i want to get into because it's happened to me like when i was getting into like uh for example uh, the food business i started binge watching all sorts of chefs all sort of uh coffee making techniques and the, the you know the latte art that you used to have on coffees and all that so we used to watch yeah. a lot of it and then it's just like okay can we do this can we do that can we do this you started consuming so as you consume you become that so you need to consume the right thing so if you consume the wrong thing it's obviously going to be a wrong output but if you strategically consume stuff that you want to make money with you are going to get better at it because psychologically and somehow subconsciously you're you're putting all this input to the back of your thought, it's going to help your thought process. But you got to do it like rigorously, like like really day in, day out, watch it, and then get your hands, try it, do it, watch it, fail. And if, if you don't fail, you will never learn. So you just got to just, just make that soap, try it out, buy those ingredients, make a soap. If it fails the first time, figure out why did it fail, then do some research. There's like forums, Reddit, Google, just Google up, see where the mistakes is, correct it, and then there will be that one day Eureka moment where you make that soap and you'll be like, wow, I made this. And that's going to drive you to sell it. In your opinion, what's the best platform for someone to start selling their product? 
should it be on Instagram, on Twitter, or on Shopee? What's the best platform for them to start? Everything. Don't choose any. Just get yourself on everything. You never know what works, so just get on everything. Even there's like Facebook uh, marketplaces, groups. There's a lot of things. If you're really passionate, you can just go in all of these things and just put. There's no excuse. So that brings me to the point. Maybe we should share together since we are a digital marketing agency. Let's put on like a top five list of like what you should do. Since you already told how to find his interest. Now, if you found your interest, how are you going to market this? Let's start with um, Jasmine. Number one. How you can market your product? Yep. If you or like were, how you should start. Yeah. How would you, you already got your starting point, right? It's not no rocket okay. science. So, but now just say, um, you're making, you're baking cakes. So what will you do? Your first step mm-hmm. and getting people to know about this. First of all, I would do a research on what type of cakes is like hot selling right now and figure out if I can make the same thing that people are, uh, getting demand over. And also for the price point, I wouldn't put it the same price as the other marketers because then they're going to be like, oh, what's so special about you? So I would probably put like, um, if you buy my products, you might receive something else, like maybe some extra free freebies, like extra cakes that you can, like a free testing on the next cake that I can also make. And also will make the price more affordable because because you guys know cakes are, are pretty expensive. They taste good, but some mm. taste like too sweet and it's expensive too. So I would know my range. Um, and then I would just like to add, I mean, adding to the price point there, you just got to be careful when you, you play the price thing, because if you go the, the route of the price route where you keep going, lowering your, your fees compared to your competitors, it's going to affect you on the bottom line. So you got to be smart when mm-hmm. you price things. So rather than uh, giving a full cake, perhaps you can have like piece, uh, you know, some pieces for people to test, to buy your cakes, maybe like five piece, six piece cake rather than a whole cake and you can charge it cheaper but it's actually the same amount but people will be able to purchase it because it's in pieces now slices sorry yeah. you know so then that probably could then uh, move you to like uh, give them like some discounts vouchers to buy the original cake but always keep your cake in the market price don't beat the market too much because then you're going to create another problem that you don't want which is your bottom lines is going to go dry very fast and you'll be like, damn, I'm selling like hundreds of cakes, but I'm not making money. You know, so you don't want okay. to get into that situation when it gets in the number starts rising. And that's when you realize like, okay, this is not really profitable for me. So then you can't backtrack and like start increasing your prices. Then people are used to your prices and be like, hey, why did you increase your price? And stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you got to customize people in a way like you sell stuff, but in like mini portions, smaller cakes, smaller amounts. So if it's going to to make a large wedding cake or a birthday cake probably you should not start off doing that start selling small yeah. muffins or cupcakes or things like that it's going to cost you cheaper for number one i would probably in my defense i would probably do research and start small because i want to see my strength in actually going into the industry of baking so number two what would you do amir what's the next step you would do if you were to market your product or interest since everyone's like selling cakes right i would want to add more value to my cakes i mean in ties to my hobbies i would want to create cake content um, there's a bunch of interesting concepts you can see on youtube uh, maybe they can do like a instead of a tutorial like tasty you can do um, some people they just record themselves making the cake but and then they add fast cuts 
they add like uh, beautiful concepts behind it, story behind it, and then that would prompt people to like see your cake as a superior cake. It might taste bad, but because of like the the value <laughs> behind it, content yeah, yeah, marketing. Ma- Marketing that actually is a big important step. A lot of uh, businesses, I mean small businesses, are missing out on. Uh, they maybe they don't have money uh, yet to start. But it is a very um, if you haven't started yet, you should. Uh, no matter regardless of your budget, just try uh, and make. Uh, yeah, because if not, then what separates you from the other cakes at baker? You know, everyone's making cakes. Uh, so what about you, Akmal? Oh, do you have anything more to say? What would you do? What's the third step that you would do? We're all selling cakes here. Okay, so I'll be selling cakes as well, okay? Uh, yes. If if I were to talk from uh, a digital marketer perspective, and uh, Shazim already mentioned research, Saran already mentioned advertise on all platforms. Yeah. yeah, and pricing point as well. And I may already mention about content. I would say this point probably should be the first or something, but I should say uh, have an effective visual branding awareness. So if Saran said that you, you should utilize all platforms, I agree. I agree that you should utilize all platforms, but for practical, for practi- practicality, okay, just imagine that uh, you use all the platforms and you start uh, marketing your content, putting all these nice visual and everything, but you're not selling anything yet. So you don't get that uh, reviews that good word of uh, word of mouth. So, in my opinion, for practicality, if you're just starting out, you can uh, you can ask your close friends, family relatives to start uh, market your market your product, or have them as agents to sell your product, sell your uh, sell your services or something. Your cake, sorry, your cakes. So they can test test out the cake, they, they can try to eat the cake and give reviews so that you can use that testimonials, all the reviews on your marketing platforms. Uh, big, uh, with that being said, you also have to need, uh, you also have to need a website. Lah. Although you're just starting a small business, having a website is, will be uh, such a big advantage because you will look like a professional. People will like, um, they, will, they will not know that you're just a small business because you have this polished uh, business, uh, sorry, polished website to showcase your product, to showcase your services, can to showcase your brand. So I feel like my point is, <clears throat> I agree with Jasmine, start small. I agree with Saren to use all platform, but use your, use a word, uh, good word of mouth by using your family, by using close friends, by using your friends to start. Yeah, organic right. is important. Organic. And I think a final point, final tip that I think we can give is leverage digital marketing the most you can. In this day and age, this is like the best platform that you can utilize. Uh, look at Facebook ads, look at Instagram ads. You don't have to spend much. It could be like 10 bucks a day, but you just need that awareness that, that you know. That I agree with, with Akmal that you would with uh, you start off with word of mouth, but use the money that you make from the word of mouth and start putting it into some sort of awareness campaigns. Just start boosting your posts on a daily basis. Now and then, you will see amazing results. People will start ordering you, ordering your stuff that you, you never even believed that or never even dreamed of. Like, hey, people are actually ordering from, you know, the best feeling is when you get a stranger messaging you and asking you, inquiring you about your product and like, hey, I would like to have it. How much is it? That's the best feeling any entrepreneur, any, you know, um, business person or any freelancer or whatever. But 
that's the best feeling you can get. So mm. never fail to do that. And uh, a self-promotion here at Herbent, we are uh, up for a challenge to help entrepreneurs, especially at these pandemic points. So uh, we not only service high-end clients, but we also look into SMEs and budding entrepreneurs. If you need help starting up, if you need help, we are there to help you. So feel free to send us an email at hello at com, and definitely we will help you out to set things up uh, with the minimum cost that we can provide you. Yes, and you can definitely check out our work if you're you know, curious on what we do and how you can start a business with us at our website at weareherbat.com and on our social media, Facebook and Instagram at weareherbat. And I think that concludes our podcast for the day. No, like, uh, feel free to contact us because we offer free consultation. Oh, yes. Feel free to contact us because we do give free consultation. Where can they contact us, Ami? You can either, I mean, if you visit our website, you can find our email there, hello at weareherbat.com or you can just uh, contact the number provided on the website. So thank you for listening to today's podcast where we've discussed about how you can turn your hobbies or interests into passive incomes or full-time jobs. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and tune into the next one.